Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My goodness, yes, it's Happy New Year, but it's already like January 16th. It is, but you know, I think the last time we did this was the week before Thanksgiving. Yes, we have not been on the podcast since November 21st. Wow. Yes. Wow. We ended with King Saul, but it's been what, two, almost 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 two months, months. and so much has happened, so we're going to have to spend a little time recapping and if you want you can just fast forward right over this mm-hmm. but um anyways so november 21st we were on the podcast and that was in the midst of playoff season for football right that was it was in the midst of playoff season which ended well oh yeah so well not as well as we had hoped but anyways i think by that point we might have been in round three i, I bet we were yeah, in round two or three point. of the playoffs uh, they proceeded to win five playoff games. This is Bernie High School varsity. We're talking about Sam. Um, and culminating in a trip to Jerry World. Yeah, AT&T Stadium up in Dallas, state mm-hmm. finals. It was a great game. Uh, Bernie came out strong, took a lead 21-0 to mm. in the second quarter. Uh, and then the uh, the other team came back and ended up winning on a last-second field goal. Yeah, so very it dramatic was, it was finish. It was dramatic. You know, mm-hmm. we were on the wrong side of the, the comeback victory. Mm-hmm. But, yep. man, it was a great game. Yeah, great so game. fun. Um, my dad was able to come down for the final, let's see, the final playoff game, and he came back the following mm-hmm. week for the state game. We had to rent a car to get up there in Dallas because yeah. we don't have a big enough car for all our kids who wanted to go. So it was a long day of travel because we ended up driving up to Dallas for the game and then um, driving back because the team was going to come back that night and uh, they had stayed over the night before. And we wanted to be back here when he re- arrived. Mm-hmm. And so it was a long day. <laughs> it was a very long day, yeah. But it was a good day. It was, yep. a, it, was a, it was a very good day. And especially now that some of theirs, there's some distance, distance behind us, you mm-hmm. realize what a great experience it was. Yeah. Kind of a heartbreaker at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really a great experience. Yep. So. And since then, um, people keep asking me where he's going to play next year. But we don't know. He is still visiting. He's got visits this weekend. He's got visits next weekend. He and I were on a visit on Saturday. We've got a coach coming to our house today. Yeah. So we are not sure yet. But it'll come soon. Yeah, it has to come soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what What he had hoped has come uh, true. Yeah. You know, he had hoped that by delaying uh, committing to some place that he'd get more offers. Yes. And that's exactly what's happened. Certainly happened. So he was smart yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. And now we're big into basketball season, but mm-hmm. uh, too much sports to talk about here. So we're big into basketball. Yep. It's good. Yeah, a lot of basketball yep. for us. Three yep. boys playing basketball. Yep, so that's good. And we even have one playing basketball at the church, which is kind of cool. You know, our church is open. Oh, practicing at the yeah. church, yeah. Yep. Oh, but then we also, okay, one more little family piece. Yes, then you and I got to travel to the Mediterranean yeah, over Christmas thought, break. I thought you might forget that or something. No, I wouldn't no. forget that. I just no, don't know how much. I haven't done this in so long that I forget how we go about these. Oh, sure. That was a great trip. So we flew into Athens, and the first day there we saw the Acropolis, uh, the Parthenon, which which probably was one of the highlights for me. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there, there's so much to choose from, uh, but especially since that was the first of the ancient things that we saw, and it is a, it's a spectacular setting, you know, that's on, on, top of this, on, uh, on top of this rocky plateau mm-hmm. look, overlooking Athens. And it's a beautiful, beautiful building and huge. I had no idea it was yep. so big. So that was really a highlight for me. Uh, and then from there, we went to Athens, sailed across to uh, Ephesus. Yes. Which was great. Amazing. Because we saw a lot of things that had to do with the life of Paul. Mm-hmm. Like the theater where, you know, a riot broke out and, and uh, 
Got a great picture of us in front of the Library of Celsus, yep. which is nice. Yep. Uh, Ephesus was amazing, yes. Everybody told us, if you can ever get there, go there. And mm-hmm. That was good advice. And then from uh, Ephesus, we sailed down to Crete, as I remember, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, Chania. Kanya, yep. Kanya, yeah. And that was cute nice. little town. Oh, totally cute town. Now we got there, I think, on New Year's Day. So oh, true. Uh, so you know, we we pulled into town at like ten o'clock New Year's Day, and everybody had been up until like three o'clock the night before. So it was kind of a quiet town when we got there. Uh, but it was really cute. Yeah, I mean, ancient... like a little European. It looks like a little European village, you know, with the cobblestone streets and the apartments oh, right up on the side. These with... narrow, twisty yeah. alleyways and stuff. Really pretty. Uh, and then we had a day at sea. Landed in Sicily, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting. You know, we got to Messina. see Messina. Messina got to see Scylla and Charybdis, the oh, yeah. famous uh, mm-hmm. whirlpool and and siren rock from uh, Homer's Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And we went to Naples. Where you went shopping, I think, right? Well, I, no, I just did a little Naples. Yes, I mean, it was more like a shopping and house-like tour. It was very cute mm-hmm. to see Naples and, you know, do the pizza thing and everything. Because, yes, you. what did you do? I took a great trip. I had an eight-hour excursion. I went to Sorrento, <laughs> which is a, a beautiful town there on the on the, uh, the Naples coast, home of Limoncello, Limoncello, you know, the mm-hmm. little aperitif. So yes. that was kind of cool. Uh, and then I spent a couple hours in Pompeii, which was fantastic. I yes. loved that. That was that was truly astonishing. I mean, to see the, how, how well these ruins are preserved, I mean, to the point where there there is still paint. Um, you know, the murals are still painted on some of the walls. It was just incredible. It really gave me a sense of what uh, of what life in the first century was like. Uh, you know, the, the life of the early church. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's here's a city that. You know they would have gone to which was amazing right and the reason we separated that day was just because i was not up for a seven or eight hour archaeological tour <laughs> how could you not be up for an eight hour archaeological well don't forget tour? i went to the in 2022 i got to go to the holy land and this right. trip and so i've seen like a lot of ruins yeah, and you know it's kind of like you see a ruins you know they're they're, they're very similar yeah these well, ruins. so anyways i wanted to experience naples so that's what we did mm-hmm. separated yeah, that, a, that day that was a beautiful place mm-hmm. uh, and then on our last day we uh, we ended up in rome and then you and i were off on our own and yep and luckily sophia and elizabeth had been to rome this year so they gave us like all what buses we take what trains we take all the insider tips yeah, how on to ride the subway how to do it all and it was amazing we had a great day doing that on our own we got there when the Pope was being buried. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of historic and awesome to see all these priests coming in from different places to see this funeral, but also set us back on, you know, waiting in lines and stuff because Rome was packed that day. Yeah, Rome was definitely packed that day. Yep. And of course, we, we had uh, tickets to the Vatican Museum, which of course was closed yes. because of the funeral. But we did manage to see all the sites. I mean, yeah. we saw the Roman Forum, we saw Trevi Fountain, we saw the Colosseum, which mm-hmm. was amazing. We saw the Vatican. Uh, we saw St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah. That's when we had to wait in line for that because everybody was there. Beautiful, though. Oh well worth gosh, well absolutely. worth the wait. Um, and then, well, this other we saw this other like really strange thing that we didn't know what it was. Of course, it was a huge thing yeah, for this general the, that wasn't it was the very famous. To uh, Victor Emmanuel, yes, Victor Emmanuel II. Yes, right. I think we ate pizza looking out over mm-hmm. that, didn't we? We did. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so. It was a great time, yeah. Rome was amazing. Uh, we were ready to be home with our little ones and see how it all went, and we got stuck in Miami for 24 <laughs> hours. Which turned out to be fun. It was fun. We had a good time. You know, we, we, were, we had been up for like 30-something hours at that point, so yeah. they put us up in a hotel by the airport. Uh, we got a long night of rest, and then you and I got up the next day, took the little commuter train into Miami, and had a great day in Miami. Yeah. So it was wonderful. Watched some yachts. 
What did you we know, drink? Uh, drink some mojitos? We went to did Biscayne we drink Bay, yeah. had some mojitos, yeah. uh, had lunch down there at a Cuban restaurant. Yes, was, oh, that's right. We had Cuban food, yes. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the trip was fabulous. My parents were here with all the children, and the girls then went back to college while we were gone, and the boys were still here. Mm-hmm. Everybody survived. Yeah. The dog got walked and fed. Right, the children right. got fed, and I don't know if they got walked, but yeah. <laughs> it was a good time had by all. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Yeah. So, so where we are, are we in crossways? So we are uh, looking at King David, and there's a lot that could be said about King David, but especially since we just preached an 11-week sermon series on oh him, my goodness. I'm going to focus just on the covenant that God makes with David. So uh, the last uh, last session in crossways, the question was, are kings good or bad? Because, mm. uh, you know, King Saul, on the one hand, God gave his people King Saul, but mm. on the other by asking for King Saul, God's people, the, the people were rejecting him. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are kings good and bad? Turned out that king was bad. You know, mm-hmm. King Saul's not a good one. Uh, but then King Saul dies. Uh, David comes into the kingship, comes into the kingdom. And God makes a covenant with him, which kind of lays the question of kings to rest. And so this is uh, second, uh, second Samuel chapter 7. Okay. David uh, has subdued their enemies all around about them. He's expanded the size of his kingdom. And he says, you know, I think I'm going to build a nice temple for God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then God sends the prophet Nathan. And let me see if I can find my spot here. Uh, God sends the prophet Nathan, who says to him, uh, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? You know, I haven't asked for a house. I don't really want Mm -hmm. a house. It's a nice idea, but I don't really need a house. Uh, Verse eight, now, therefore, thus you shall say to David, thus says the Lord, I took you from the pasture, from following sheep, from being uh, the leader of my people Israel. Uh, and I will make you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, so that they will may dwell in their place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, and I will give you rest from your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Mm-hmm. So David wanted to make a house, a temple for God. Right. And God is going to make a house or a dynasty of David. Right. And when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body. I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house from my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father. He shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with a rod of men, with the stripes of the son of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Hmm. And so most unexpectedly, God makes this covenant. And this is now the third major covenant in the Old Testament. You've got the one with Abraham, uh, which is a covenant of divine commitment. When God chooses Abraham, makes a promise that through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Mm -hmm. A covenant of human obligation, which is the covenant on Mount Sinai. God redeems his people out of Egypt. Brings him to Mount Sinai. Right. And he says, I will be your God. You will be my people. Here's what I've done for you. Mm-hmm. Now here's what here's you need what to you do, do for me. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-way covenant. But now we've got the third covenant. And this is like the one with Abraham. It's a covenant of divine commitment. Uh, that God is promising David he's going to do these things. Uh, and when God makes a promise, he never goes back on it. He will keep it. And he's very emphatic about that. He says, you know, I will raise up your offspring after you. who shall, And I will establish his kingdom forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when he sins against me, uh, yet I will not take my kingdom from him, but your kingdom shall be sure forever. Your throne will be established forever. So God makes this promise that through David and David's descendants, 
He's going to bring in a, a line of kings and eventually a king uh, whose kingdom will be established forever. Okay, but do you not consider the Noah covenant one of the major ones? It is. It's it's one of the major covenants, but it's so early in the story. Oh, okay. That, you know, at that point, Noah and his family are the only human beings oh, okay, left on the earth. Okay, got it. Right? So, so we, okay. that's kind of like a okay. universal covenant. I gotcha. Uh, and then after yes. the centuries go by. These are the um, main, we consider, right. got it. Okay. Right. Okay. So this, so then this becomes a major driver for the rest of the Old Testament, that God makes this promise to King David mm-hmm. um, that through him, you know, his, his kingdom, his, his family will establish mm-hmm. a kingdom for forever and ever and ever. Right, and Jesus will come from him. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, we know that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this. But you know the way the Old Testament works, and so, you know, there's always drama. God <laughs> mm-hmm. makes a great promise to David, and almost immediately then David uh, kind of throws a monkey wrench in the plan. Uh, with his uh, sin with Bathsheba. Uh, and it starts, you know, again, we've looked at this in some detail. So we, we have, go through we definitely detail. have. But it just starts, you know, this is uh, chapter 11, verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab, mm. his general, and his servants with him. Mm. And so it starts on kind of a sour note. You mm-hmm. know, David, who has been doing everything right up to this part, um, you know, to the point where he is... Uh, he's trusted God to deliver him from Saul. He's wouldn't, he refuses to raise a hand yep. against Saul. You know, he's yep. done everything right. Well, now that he's kind of got everything, you know, he's got the kingdom, mm. he's got peace, he gets kind of lazy. Yes. You know? uh, and that's that's never a good thing. So David Affluence is... Affluence can yeah. be a major problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So David is at home when he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, David is doing things he shouldn't be. You know, mm-hmm. he's looking at women he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bad things happen. Bad things happen. Um, but as bad as it is, you know, he takes Bathsheba to be uh, his own. And then when she gets pregnant, he arranges to have her husband murdered and then marries Bathsheba to try to cover up his tracks. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he got away with it. But as it says, uh, chapter 11, verse 27, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Definitely. Right? God saw it. God knew. Yep. So God sends his prophet Nathan to convict David of sin. Um, and then what we'll find out is, is how this covenant will play out. So God has just made a covenant with David to never, <coughs> excuse me, to never withdraw the, the kingdom from him forever. Mm-hmm. But David has done this horrible, horrible thing. Right. So what's going to happen? Um, and so what will, what will happen is, um, is that as, as David has done to others, so it is going to be done to David. Mm. Uh, and so the, the Lord says, I've got to find this now well, it said, you already read that he said he would punish the iniquity, mm-hmm. even though he's made this co- uh, covenant with them. He wouldn't right. be free from discipline. Um, and so the, the Lord says that the sword will never depart from mm. your house, right? The sword will, will never depart from your house because you have despised me. And so what we'll see is uh, that David is forgiven his sin, but the consequences of his sin remains. Yep. Uh, and his, the, his first son, you know, David's got multiple wives, yep. multiple kids. His oldest son, Amnon, commits this horrible crime against his sister, Tamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he forces himself upon her. He rapes uh, Tamar. David hears about it, but David doesn't do anything. Mm. Uh, probably in, in part because, you know, he's the heir apparent. He's mm-hmm. the, the heir to the throne. Yep. And in part because what Amnon did cuts awfully close to the sin that David did. And right. so maybe David thought, well, you know, who am I to judge? Sure. This is kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, he doesn't do anything about it. So the second son, Absalom, takes matters into his hand. Absalom arranges for a big party, a big feast. And when Amnon is well and good into his his cups, as Mm -hmm. it says, when his heart is merry with wine, then Amnon, uh, then Absalom 
strikes him down, uh, kills his own brother at a feast, and flees for his life. Again, David hears about it. Uh, David knows this terrible thing has happened, but David doesn't do anything, probably because now he's lost one son, so the second son is now first in line for the throne, and you know he doesn't want to take him out. He right. probably recognizes that, well, you know, my son Absalom did really what I should have done. I, I should have punished Amnon, and I didn't. And mm-hmm. So Absalom did it for me. So how could I punish him for doing oh, the right boy. thing? It's, you know, convoluted yeah. moral reasoning, yes. right? So Absalom eventually comes, uh, is exiled, but eventually manipulates his way back. And then when he's in Jerusalem, Absalom is a cunning man. Uh, he sees which way the winds are blowing, and he manages to insinuate himself into the hearts of the people. Uh, he has this kind of self-promotion campaign hmm. where he hangs out by the, the gate to Jerusalem. And when people come into the city to see the king and have their legal matters adjudicated, Absalom says, oh, the king is so busy, but if only, if only the king had made me a judge, I would give you justice. Uh. And so he slowly but surely wins the hearts of the people. Uh, Eventually he launches a coup against his own father, has himself crowned king. Uh, David has to run for his life because it's a very successful coup. David has to run for his life, and so he flees from Jerusalem. Uh, and there's this wonderful scene where David is walking up the Mount of Olives, weeping over Jerusalem. Oh, right. And it's kind of a foreshadow of the son of David, Jesus, coming down into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, weeping on Palm mm, Sunday. That's amazing. That's a great, it's a great image. Mm-hmm. So uh, David flees for his life. Uh, Absalom comes in. And as David had done, so it's done to David. Okay. So, you know, David from the rooftop of his palace spied out Bathsheba, took her to be his own. Uh, Absalom takes David's women, his concubines, his harem, onto the roof of the palace, lays with them in the sight of all the people as a way of showing, you know, I'm My the boss goodness, now. goodness, these yeah. people. Yeah, crazy, yeah. And it's a way of showing I'm the boss now. You know, these, these people belong to me. This, mm-hmm. These women belong to me. The kingdom belongs to me. What are you going to do about it? But as it turns out, Absalom turns out to be a much better uh, politician than a, a military leader. Yeah. He ignores the, the advice of his uh, military commanders. And as a result, that gives David time to rally his troops. The veteran troops um, easily overcome Absalom's troops on the field. Absalom is hung up by his uh, his hair and in a, a low hanging in a tree branch, or something. Right? Yes, okay. Um, and he's slaughtered. He's mm. you know, stuck like a pig. Mm. So the second son is killed. So now David has lost two sons. There's now a third son in line for the throne. His name is Adonijah. And as David grows older, uh, Adonijah becomes impatient, can't wait for his dad to die, and eventually he decides he doesn't need to wait for his father to die, so he has himself crowned king. Uh, and that creates a crisis, because, you know, King David is still alive. So Bathsheba appears in the story again, and she tells David this story. And it's hard to know if it's true, if it's something David actually said, or if she's just taking advantage of an old man at the end of his life. Oh. But she says to him, Oh, my beloved King David, do you not recall how you said that my son Solomon would be the one to inherit the throne? And David says, Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I did kind of say that. <laughs> uh, and so David has Solomon crowned king. And now Adonijah finds himself mm-hmm. in this conflict. But, uh, but Solomon says, Well, I shall show mercy to you. But once David dies, um, Solomon has his own brother Adonijah slaughtered and removed as a threat to the throne. So finally, uh, finally, by the time we get to Solomon, the true successor to David, the son of David, the one who will build the house of the Lord, he's finally on the throne, Solomon. 
but it's taken three sons to get to him, and they've all been cut down. Well, wouldn't it be four? Because the the first child that David yeah, and right. Bathsheba one, had right. was killed. Yeah, yeah. The the child, uh, uh, David and Bathsheba's child, the innocent, the only yes. innocent party in the whole thing. Yes. he's he's the one whom the Lord takes. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't heard the sermon series on David, you should go back. Um, on the website sermons and you should go back and listen because there's quite a few really good ones about these stories yeah and that one i was i really enjoyed preaching mm-hmm. it's a very powerful one yeah you know about how the son of david was struck down for yep. the sin of david and the son of david is struck down for you mm-hmm. um, unfortunately it happened to be on the day of the uh, the polka service so it was yes. like this really powerful come to jesus service and then followed by like a polka song which didn't really work but you know well it all it plays is. out the lord knows what yeah. he's doing but yes you know polka hmm yeah so that's David. It's um, it's an interesting story. You know, God makes this promise to David that through him and through his family, he will uh, establish a kingdom forever. But then David sins. And so we see on the one hand how God punishes David for his sin, how God holds David accountable for his sin, the consequences of David's sin, and that the, his three sons, his four sons, pay the price for what David has done. Mm-hmm. And yet God is faithful. Uh, And God does give the throne to Solomon, who turns out to be a great king, as we'll see next week. Right. It's interesting that Nathan doesn't have like his own book in the Bible, because he plays a really big part. He plays a big part. And he's got great stories. Yeah. And uh, that's a great point. And a lot of these prophets do. You know, there's Mm -hmm. the book of Samuel, the book of Isaiah. Even like Amos, little, I mean, yeah. Okay. But anyways, no book for Nathan. No. No. Uh, And so for next week, uh, if people want to read ahead, they can read uh, 1 Kings chapters 3, 11, and 12. Yeah, 3, 11, and 12 in 1 Kings for next week. And next week we'll be talking about what? King Solomon. King Solomon. King Solomon, his wisdom and the building of the temple. Oh, good stories there too. All right. I hear waking children. There's no school today and some of them had sleepovers. So I hear waking children. So we we will. We finished in the nick of time. We will sign off. All right. Until next time.